Tuning you in now to the all-new LBX Daily Show. Brought to you by the LBX Collective. Your community to connect, engage, and inspire. Now, let's get ready to roll with your hosts, Christine Buer and Brandon Wiley. All right. Hello, hello. <laughs> Welcome to today's episode of the LBX Daily, everyone. We're your hosts, Christine Buer and Brandon Wiley. We are live a little bit earlier today, but uh, thanks for being here with us. So just to quickly kick things off um, and explain to all you newcomers, the LBX Daily is a lightning quick 15-20 minute video podcast highlighting some of the fascinating things happening in the location-based entertainment industry. In the first part of the show, which we call The Rundown, we touch on some of the interesting topics and stories that we've seen over the past 24 hours that we think are worthy of discussing. We then top it all off with our very own musings on an industry-specific topic during the ruminations portion. And since the idea is to create community and get people to share ideas and connect, we then post this rumination on our Discord channel after the podcast and ask you to join us there to provide your own thoughts and feedback. And you know what? This brings me to my biggest point. What the heck are we all doing here? Well, this show isn't just about us yammering away. We're working on building a community, the LBX Collective, a place where industry professionals like you can connect, interact, engage, inspire, and celebrate collective triumphs. So if you haven't done so already after this podcast, head on over to our website, lbxcollective.com, and there you can follow us on social media, tune into our shows, and most importantly, join the community. All right. Is everyone ready to get things rolling? Hand it over to you, Brandon. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, so obviously I'm here in a hotel room and yesterday I was live at Santa Monica Pier and uh, that was a lot of fun. And while I was out there, I did get a chance to, I I didn't get a Zoltar, but I found a Salties. So, you know, it's a pier. So they had Salties and uh, so I had fun there. Um, But uh, anyway, I was out here before the IAPA meetup, which was at Universal. And we specifically went down to the Super Nintendo world and I'll tell you what, like it was, it was, uh, a, I mean, Universal's really done ever since their Harry Potter world done a great job with their theming. And this was totally immersive, very interactive. And um, I'll throw some pictures here. This was, uh, you know, we, we had a little bit of, uh, I'll say, what I will say is it's a lot smaller space than you would, than you would ever imagine. And, and apparently the one at Epic Universe that's being built out in Orlando is going to be much bigger just because they have so much land. They had to take down two sound stages and blow up a bunch of other stuff to just make room for this thing. And you go in and it is limited capacity in the, in the Super Mario world. So like when it's really buzzing and, and really busy, yeah. they'll have a queue waiting outside of the entrance to come into the Super Nintendo world. And so it's sort of like a timed entrance thing. Um, so I'm trying to like just from the pictures, it's hard to see like what's real and what's actually like projected on a wall or painted on a wall. What's what can you yeah, touch? yeah. So there's so you can touch everything. There's nothing that's that's actually project. There's no projection. Okay. Um, and they've done a really good job with building up the 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 set walls in the back, so you literally don't see any other buildings, anything else. You are fully immersed in that Super Nintendo world. And so anyway, just thought it was uh, really well done. They have, um, if you, you could buy a little wristband that then connected to an app on your phone and you could then do a bunch of things to get badges and get coins that then give you level ups and you could then have a competition and a leaderboard. And so you go around and you tap your, you tap your wrist on the bottom of a, of oh, a cool. coin block and you go ding, 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 you know, you get coins and that connects to your app. Um, and so the interactivity was all very well done. 
And then when you play the game, when you actually go on the ride, so we actually got a chance to go on the Super Mario Brothers Mario Kart ride. It's like an interactive dark ride, augmented reality. Um, and I, I don't want to give away too much about it, but it, it, uh, that all, that, your results of that also feed into your app. So, you know, it really tracks everything. So it's, it's so well done. Uh, and so it was a lot of fun. And we got to hang out with other people from IAPA. So that's always great, too. Oh my God. So cool. So jealous. <laughs> awesome. Um, all right. Well, guess what today is? It's National Roller Coaster Day. Can yeah. you doesn't love a good roller coaster, you know? <laughs> I know, um, I know. And I'm also like, do I just get an entrance to uh, Knott's Berry for like an hour just so I can go on a roller coaster on National Roller Coaster Day? I, I think you need to honor that. And yeah. I think you need to get on that yeah. wooden roller coaster because it's so amazing. <laughs> yes, it is. Um, but uh, the National Today had posted a timeline of some of the like the roller host coaster history, which I thought was really fascinating. And so did you know that the first roller coaster was actually invented in Russia in the 1500s? And it, I mean, oh, my gosh, let's talk about dangerous. What they'd done is they just built these wooden boxes and they had created like these ice hills and you would get in this wooden box and slide down the ice hill. Many people obviously hurting themselves. But I think this is so fascinating of where this actually has led to in history, you know, to kind of like where we finally got our real first true roller coaster at Disney with the Matterhorn ride. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think uh, first, first steel. Um, so the first steel pipe, uh, round steel pipe uh, roller coaster was the Matterhorn. Mm-hmm. They're the first ones to invent that. We had already had um, you know, like the wooden um, steel, flat steel track roller coasters, right. but this is the first tube steel, which really then was what allowed uh, the innovation to accelerate because you now could do, you know, other things, ups and downs and inversions that you just couldn't do okay. on obviously a flat steel roller coaster where it was just more gravity coaster based mm-hmm. um, versus, mm-hmm. you know, accelerator based and, and brake yeah. based. So yeah, uh, Dizzy definitely was an innovator there on that front. Totally different feeling, right? <clears throat> totally different feeling. Um, yeah. And so, uh, not really along the lines of roller coasters, but, uh, you know, we've got the Malibu-themed Barbie restaurant. This is considered a Barbie core, whatever Barbie core means. But this is now, I guess, a new aesthetic that's applied to restaurants and other experiences that are based around Barbie. And it's a Malibu Beach themed, so like kind of themed around the 1970s Barbie. And uh, this, is a, this is actually a collaboration. This is at the Mall of America. And this is a collaboration between... A, an experience, immersive experience group called Bucket Listers and Mattel. So they actually worked together to uh, to produce this thing. And it is a pop-up restaurant. So we don't really know how long it's going to be open. It could end up being open for years if it's successful or popular, but it also could just be open for months if it's not. Um, but I just, I sort of have like this this issue. I mean, it's all very well done, as you can see in this, in this picture. Um, but I sort of have just this issue with uh, one, they're not open until September, so they they missed the boat from a timing standpoint, and, and I feel like that probably wasn't intentional. It was probably uh, just construction backlogs or whatever, but they missed the boat from opening up around the, ho- uh, um, the, the the period of time of the movie. But then it's 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 like how how much Barbie is too much Barbie, and mm-hmm. it, you know it's it's at the Mall of America, which there's already seventeen hundred restaurants to choose from anyway. What's going to make me choose the Malibu Barbie restaurant over one of the other, you know, 50 restaurants that are there? Um, So I don't know. I I just feel like we're maybe getting into this world where there's too much Barbie. Yeah. And, you know, maybe that's possible. The one thing that strikes me, though, that I really like is I find that... so it, it, I love the, the the pink and the femaleness of it all. And I think it's really going to appeal strongly to um, that 
that calling and that generation of females and little girls and stuff. And I don't think we see enough of that in today's world. And so I, I'm kind of excited about that. And I, I, I just think Barbie's pretty cool. So we'll see what the longevity of it is. When there's so many stuff, Barbie things popping up, there's Barbie nightclubs, there's Barbie other breakfast experiences and other experiences just kind of popping up all over the globe, which is fascinating as well. Yeah, yeah, and, and I just I saw one just yesterday walking walking down Santa you know down to the Santa Monica Pier. I saw Barbie like a whole Barbie restaurant and experience, and you can go in and, and do all a bunch of things. And so, and obviously we're in LA, so it makes sense. But mm -hmm. um, it, 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 so I, I totally agree with you um, from from your perspective, Christine. I just wonder uh, if we keep seeing this, is this going to end up being like mini golf and pickleball and like, hey, it's just another Barbie thing? And it's just there's just all these things popping up over and over because one movie got a little bit of success. Yeah. Um, but yeah. you know what? This was a collaboration between Mattel. Mattel's, they're thinking about, they're making their specific choices. This wasn't just some random person who decided to do a Barbie thing. So, um, you know, I think Mattel probably has their eye on that ball too. That's right. Yeah. Awesome. yeah. So in other news, um, something I thought was really interesting is Netflix is, they, they've started cloud streaming games. Now, they started doing, um, they offered some free games back in late 2021. Um, they've only been available on iOS and Android, though, up until now. So they started beta testing in Canada and the UK, and they are bringing TVs or um, these games to TVs now and to web browsers, which I think is really interesting. So um, in order to play on a TV, you either have to go on your smartphone. Um, if you have an Android, you would actually go through the Netflix app and you get a controller. And if you're on iOS, you would actually download a new app and you would use the controller on that. Um, and if you're on a web browser, you're just going to use your computer screen with your mouse and your keyboard and et cetera. Um, but they're launching two games on this. One is called Oxen Free, and it's a graphic adventure game where you assume the role of a teenage girl um, who's landed on a uh, an island with a, doing a weekend trip with friends, and you kind of unravel the secrets of the island, which sounds kind of fun and exciting. Um, and then they have Mole Hughes a Mining Adventure, which obviously you wrap your head around is just kind of a, a gem mining adventure game. And so um, I think, you know, a couple of really interesting things here. First of all, when I'm watching Netflix and I have fiber at my house, um, sometimes it's fabulous and I don't know, but other times it gets a little bit glitchy. And so I wonder if you're actually streaming video games and you're playing them and you're getting competitive, what happens when you hit that glitchy spot with Netflix? How, how are they going to overcome that issue? And is that going to cause problems for them down the road? And then I think, yikes, gosh, um, you know, they're creating these interactive things off Netflix, which is so popular already. Are we going to have a harder time getting bums off the couch and into the doors of our facilities? And, you know, what do we need to kind of compensate for this? Do we need to start creating Netflix lounges or areas where there's actually TVs hooked up and people can come in with their controllers and play Netflix video games for maybe free um, with our accounts um, inside of their facilities? What, what are the opportunities there? Yeah, yeah, I think that's interesting. I mean, one, I think with regards to, I mean, we have fiber as well. And and I think really whenever we have streaming issues, it tends to be the actual hardware device that we're streaming through more than the actual bandwidth. Like, do I have to keep getting a new fire TV or do I have to get, you know, some other thing? Like that that's just the the general problem. It's not like a gaming PC. So hopefully they're they're taking into account the the, the level of hardware when they're building their games so that it's not quite the same level of graphics or whatever that's needed. Um, you know, that I don't, I don't need a gaming PC to hook up to my laptop to play a Netflix game, hopefully. Um, but, you know, with regards to the FECs, it's, it's sort of like the eSports thing, right? We have the eSports lounges that have popped up a little bit, and I think they struggled to be successful. Um, but, you know, what we're trying to do is, is, I think, solve for that, right? People are at home. They're having those, that gaming. Can we bring them in and have them, like, have a better experience by bringing them in? 
playing with their friends in sort of like a old school land party scenario. Is there a way to do something similar to that with, uh, you know, like more console game, Netflix gaming? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, you're right. And I think it'll be, you're right about creating that experience in our centers and driving that in. And so many people have continued. It, it's amazing to hear, like, it started years ago, people were putting esports in their facilities, and then they're pulling it out because it wasn't working. But then I keep seeing more stories and more examples of people re putting it back into their centers again. So I think we're, you know, we're, we're a great culture, we will try something and keep trying it until it works, because there's an opportunity there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, well, so, you know, another thing I saw, which I thought looked super fun, was this uh, bicycle zip line. And this is the first time I've seen this, but this is actually in Mauritius. It's a, that's a country in East Africa, and, uh, and, you know, they speak French there. And so I'm not even going to try to say which, what the name of the nature park is. But um, this is the first bicycle zip line in Mauritius, which I don't know how big the country is, but that doesn't seem like a big thing. So that also tells me that there's probably bicycle zip lines in other places, but I thought this was super cool. And um, what a great thing to add if you've got an outdoor adventure park or a zip line, and you already have zip lines and you already have ropes courses and it's outdoors. What a cool concept to add to your park. And um, what I really liked about this one is, you know, most zip lines are you, you go down on your own and then the next person comes behind you and the next person goes behind you. This is actually two bikes side by side. So you can go with your your partner or significant other or whatever and go down the zip line together and sort of like enjoy this um, and and they're not like riding fast down the zip. Uh, they're like just kind of riding side by side. If you can't see the picture, you're just listening on here. They're like casually riding side by side across this zip line, and uh, pretty freaking cool. Yeah, it's neat. I, it's neat, and I, I love the uh, the fact that it's tandem and that you can actually share your experience. Like, hey, did you see that? Did you see that? So I wonder if you can break on this and like pedal backwards. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Exactly. Be, yeah. Oh, we missed that. Let's go back. Probably not. It's probably just forward direction only. You wouldn't it's probably that. forward only. Yeah. 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 And I, I wonder how long it is. Like, how long does this last for? Are you on there for 20 minutes? Like, are you going through different stations? It's it's really fascinating. Hey. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, so actually, it's 200 meters in length. So I do have some okay. of that information. Um, 200 meters at length, and then it is uh, 18 meters above the ground. So, um, you know, for, for those of you in the U.S., you can make you know, look that up on Google and translate the meters to feet because we're not like anybody else in the world. Yes. <laughs> I love it. Uh, yeah. All right. Guys. Okay. Okay. Well, yeah. uh, so even the big guys, oops, even the big guys make mistakes. Um Disney is closing down its Star Wars hotel after only 18 months. Um, looks like a, a big, uh, I know. I'm so frustrated. I was, I was, I wanted to go to this so badly, so badly. Oh, I'm sorry, Brandon. <laughs> I would have gone with you. Um, oh my God. You know, apparently the experience was incredible. Um, if you get on there on Google, you can find lots of blogs and people sharing their experience and, you know, the people that are just so immersed in this culture, they, I mean, they had, actors, themed food and beverage, drinks, all a, a really complex narrative where as a guest, you even got to have a starring role in a lot of the, the plots and the, the activities happening in the hotel, which would be awesome. Um, a two night stay though, however, 5,000 US. And I think that sounds like where they kind of got caught up because um, there was only a hundred hotels or a hundred rooms in the hotel, which is, you know, quite small actually for a hotel. Um, and they still had trouble filling it. So there, people are saying it's probably just due to the fact that, you know, consumers are cutting back right now. It's non-essential spending. And who knows, maybe the possibly the feuds that are going on with Florida Governor uh, Ron DeSantis are, you know, not helping the cause here at all. Um, and so um, I just, 
it's 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 unfortunate. Um, and I'm so curious to see what they're actually going to turn this into at this point. Yeah, yeah, it'd be interesting. I mean, they may just scrap it entirely. I mean, it's so much theming and effort and time and and costume design, and it's just so disappointing. And look, it's expensive, no question. You know, twenty hundred dollars a night per person. That that's expensive, but it includes park admission. It includes. Um, you know, some like early park access mm -hmm. and obviously all your, it's all inclusive from a food and beverage standpoint. So like when you start to think about it a little bit more like a cruise ship type experience, um, which is what it was really intended to be, it's still expensive, but it's, it's a premium experience and it's like a once in a lifetime experience. Um, but yeah, I guess they just, they couldn't get the volume. So, um, you know, but you know, the question is, I guess yeah. for, for this is like, could they have reduced the price and still kept it open? Like where, could they use this as a loss leader or, or eventually got like recovered, recoup their costs by having a lower price point or discounts? I, I don't know. Yeah. And I think it, from, from the sounds of it, it sounds like that's what they're going to be looking at at this point is kind of reducing the experience itself and just reducing the price on it, which is cool because I mean, all the amount of money that would have gone into theming it and creating some of the props oh. and the artwork would have been insane. Right. Um, yeah. Well, even all the interactivity and the software development that went into yeah. making sure like, you know, That's everything true. working together and tying together. Yeah. Well, that's good news for us because then we can still go. <laughs> just I hope just so. Not, yeah. It's not a lower uh, dollar note. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess, you know, that leads us into today's question. Um, how do you adjust and know what to charge for your attractions and what's your strategy? I mean, a, a lot of people are talking about just increasing their prices to meet, you know, inflation and some of the challenges. And I'm wondering, have we hit a wall at some point? Like, I mean, yes, we can increase prices. We can throw deals and uh, put coupons in place and everything. But will there be a point where, you know, our strategy has to change and we actually have to reduce the price of what we're offering and uh, our emission charges? And so curious, is anyone in this situation and anyone considering a price reduction? Or do you have other strategies that you're thinking of at this point to continue to drive that traffic and get consumer spending up inside of your facilities? Yeah, that's a great question. And so... Uh, please do head on over to the LBX Collective Discord and post your thoughts uh, to, to the question that Christina just posed there in the LBX Daily channel. Um, we'd love to hear from you. And so, uh, look, you know, we're uh, we're at the end of today's LBX Daily. Uh, we don't want it to end here, though. So hop again, hop on over to our Discord channel and share your thoughts on today's rumination or even just past ones as well. Uh, we've got a number of them out there now, and we'd love your feedback on this episode, as well as any other future topics or burning questions that you want to ask this community. And we also need your help spreading the LBX Collective around to all of your buddies and other industry pros. Uh, so share the link to the Discord server or these episodes with them, or head on over to lbxcollective.com and join the most amazing community ever. So with that, until we meet again, our fellow LBXers, keep being extraordinary. This is Christine Buer and Brendan Wiley signing off. Stay tuned and keep kicking ass. Bye.